Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge God In, to your mind, your will, your emotions. One of our foundational verses here at Edge God In is Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm and do not allow yourself to be burdened by the yoke of slavery. What is it for you today? that's burdening you? What is it for you today that's taking up way too much free rent between your two ears? God has given you the ability to begin again, to stand firm, and to remember your identity in Christ. Today's topic is entitled, Who Did Jesus Say He Was? Our learning objective at the end of our podcast today It's our intention that you walk away with a determined desire to anchor your sense of value and worth in Jesus' identity. Why? So that you do not rise and fall depending upon how the world is judging you at that time. So that when you have undesirable outcomes, which is truly the definition of failure, It's an undesirable outcome that you don't allow that outcome to influence your sense of worth and value, that no matter what happens outside of you, your sense of worth and value remains intact. And this is a daily choice, a moment to moment choice of where you camp your sense of worth and value on. Do you live from the outside in? or the inside out. When we live from the outside in, we get hijacked by the drug of approval. What is the drug of approval? It's simply giving power away to people, positions, popularity, passions, to define our worth, value, and capability. We rise and fall depending upon what's happening outside of us. Perhaps you're experiencing that roller coaster of emotion these days. It's simply an invitation. The Lord meets you right where you're at, and he loves you enough not to leave you there to bring you back. Come back. Come closer. He's constantly calling us closer. Today, we're going to be reviewing the scriptures from Matthew 13, 3 through 9, and 16 through 23. This is the chapter where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower. Why are we talking about the parable of the sower if we're talking about Jesus' identity? The parable of the sower actually sets up our conversation about who Jesus actually said he was, because it's the understanding thread in the parable of the sower, or lack of understanding, that causes us not to produce a harvest. It's really a faith crisis and an understanding crisis, a lack of understanding. So we'll take a deeper dive into that scripture. We'll also take a deeper dive into all of the scriptures where Jesus declares who he is from the gospel of John. So stick with us today, come as you are, and know that God loves you enough not to leave you where you are. So invite the Holy Spirit in, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, sweet Jesus, we just pray and invite the power of your Holy Spirit within us today. Help us to be attentive. Show us what you want us to prune for growth so that we can hear you more clearly, see you quicker in our lives, and have a heart that is willing to turn 
instantly when you call our name so that we can understand and be healed by you. Help us to do this more today than yesterday. In your most precious name, we pray. More of you, less of us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's jump into Matthew first. Matthew chapter three, one of my favorite chapters, uh, verses, or actually, I'm sorry, Matthew 13, uh, verses three through nine and 16 through 23. In Matthew chapter 13, we have the parable of the sower. So let's take a look at the parable of the sower. You, Jesus talks about four different soils or four different possibilities of landing on. So as I'm discussing these, just think about where you identify the most. What, what specific path are you identifying the most with today as you're listening to this podcast? Because there's four different soils that Jesus is talking about. He talks about the path being the first one. Now, this is the seed that falls along the path. Are you the seed that's on the path today? This is where you hear the word of God and you don't really understand it because perhaps you are hijacked by the drug of approval or the disease to please. Perhaps you are giving more authority around your position or popularity. Or in my case, when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer, one week prior to my final divorce court date, I was completely hijacked by fear. And so that was a faith crisis for me because when fear slithers in, it's an indication that my faith, that I really don't think that God's got my back, that I'm going to be okay. I had a big fear that I'd leave my three children without a mother at 38 years old when they were eight, 10, and 12. What is it for you today? Perhaps this is, this is where you're identifying with. You feel like you're the seed that fell on the path and the birds are eating you up, as Jesus said. That's the world is eating you up. Could be the news could be um, uh, uh, an undesirable outcome. You wanted something, you really went for it. You didn't get acknowledged for it. You got overlooked. You're un feeling unseen today. Perhaps it's a relationship crisis. Perhaps you thought the relationship was going to go one way and now it's going another way. Where are you today? Perhaps it's the seed and you feel like you're being eaten up by the birds around you, metaphorically speaking. The evil one has snatched away what was sown in your heart. That's the first, that's the first element where the seed falls on, which is the path. Then Jesus goes on to talk about the rocks. And he said, then there's the seeds that fall along the rocks. And because there is no root, they wither very quickly. And why do they wither? Jesus goes on to explain why they wither in chapter 13. He says that when trouble or persecution come because of the word, because we get persecuted for being Christians and following Christ, we quickly fall away. How's your faith factor these days? How are you doing at, at, at out, outshining the darkness? At being an ambassador for Christ? And withstanding possible persecution, or perhaps you're in the middle of persecution right now. Either way, when trouble or persecution come because of the word, meaning you're standing on Christ, we have a tendency to fall away and shrink back. I am so guilty of this. There's times I've actually not posted a Christian post on LinkedIn because I was afraid that it might hinder my growth as a professional. This is, this is Confessions 101. What's your confession today? totally own that. The Holy Spirit said to me, what are you doing? 
You're giving more authority to the world than you are to being my ambassador. Stop. You are my sheep. I am your shepherd. Trust me. I've got your back. We are called to declare the gospel message from the rooftops, to go into the alleyways. And perhaps you identify with the rocks because you're shrinking back for fear of persecution. Totally get it. Been there, done that. Ask for the Holy Spirit to up your inner game, to up 2 Timothy 1.7. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It's either 1 Timothy 1.7 or 1.9. When trouble or persecution comes, you fall away. So perhaps you're identifying with the rocks today. Maybe it's the thorns. So this is this is the third uh, ground that Jesus is talking about, a possibility that the seed, us, can fall on, either the path, the birds eat it up around us, the rocks, no root, because of the word of God, we fall away when we feel persecuted, and or the thorns, the thorns choke it out. That means we hear the word, and the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. Perhaps you're feeling choked out today. Um, I, I remember when I was diagnosed with advanced cancer, I felt I couldn't breathe when they told me how severe the cancer was and that they laid out for me that in less than a two-year period of time, they didn't know at the time, but I'd be having to do 14 surgeries due to third-degree burns on my chest. They had to graft my back on my front. So I don't know if I'm coming or going most days. I had two years of chemo, six weeks of daily radiation, uh, and I double mastectomy. I got a MRSA staph infection because of an open wound the size of a small orange on my chest for a year. And I had no uh, blood flow to my front, which is why they had to do so many surgeries and bring my lat around to bring the blood flow so that my skin could heal. During those times, there was many times when I felt choked out. The external situation was so profound, I felt that I couldn't breathe. And so I would fall into the lap of Christ once again, and perhaps that's you today. I encourage you to toss yourself into the lap of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Simply invite him into all of it. Lord, I can't breathe. Help me. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to go. Open the doors, and I will walk through them. Give me the strength, and I will receive it. Grant me understanding, and I will be discerning. Ask and you will receive. Perhaps it's the thorns that you feel choked out. The worries of life are, are taking up complete rent between your two ears. Romans 12, 1 through 2 is another foundational verse of our mission here at Edge Got In, which is don't conform to the world. That's such great wisdom from Paul. Don't conform to the world. Thank you, St. Paul, for that. But be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Well, then how do we do that? Will you take every thought captive? More today than yesterday. Perhaps it's even one more thought today that you realize is fueling the fire of anxiety in your life. And you erase and replace it. Lord, even though I'm thinking this thought, the more I think that thought, the more I trust you. That's actually a stress relief technique. It's, it's pairing your undesirable state of being with a desired state of being. Lord, the more anxious I am, the more confident I become. The more fearful I am, the more I trust in you to handle my circumstance. So perhaps it's the thorns, or 
perhaps you're feeling the good soil today. Perhaps you've gone through struggle and you're just merging on the other side and you're breathing deeper. Jesus has gotten you to the other side of the lake. And you hear the word, you're understanding it. You've realized you have enough files in your life to realize God is faithful and all things work together for an ultimate good to those who love God and called according to his purposes. And you produce a crop of 160, 30 times what was sown. Perhaps you're in that, that harvest mode right now. You've sown the seeds in difficult times. God has stripped you. For me, it was my physical appearance, as well as my marriage, as well as my emotions, my uh, desires, uh, just complete stripping so that he could rebuild me. And it's such a sweet spot after you've gone through the eye of the storm and you've witnessed the faithfulness that with every storm, Jesus comes to. And there's that moment of calm and peace and gratitude that no matter what surrounds me, I know now because I've been boots on the ground in the eye of the storm that nothing has the power to define me unless I give it away. And that my God is faithful. And so you might be in the good soil. You might be hearing the word. Now, what do all of these paths or all of these um, uh, examples of different bedding or ground that Jesus gave as a very boots on the ground um, example at the time to relate to the people who were farmers and farmed the land. That's how they lived. There's the path, the rocks, the thorn, and the good soil. This parable really shows a crisis of understanding and faith. Now, in, in chapter 13, if you, if you bump it up a little bit, 14 through 15, you'll see that Jesus is quoting Isaiah. And he, and he first sets up, though you have eyes to see, ears to hear, eyes to see you do not see, ears to hear you do not understand, and you don't have a heart, heart that's, that's turning because it's hardened. And then he goes on to, to say, if you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, you would turn and I would heal you. So basically, you would understand that Jesus is who he says he is that you would allow his sovereignty to heal you, as did the woman at the well, as did the faith of the centurion whose, whose child was healed, as did the man who was crippled, as did the man who was blind. We have the opportunity to see, hear, understand, and turn and be healed. And this is Jesus' constant invitation to us. Don't forget who I am, who I said I was. And that's where we're shifting the rest of this podcast to, is who did Jesus say he was? Because regardless of whether or not you're on the path, the rocks, or the thorns, Jesus is still who he said he was today. Why is that important? Because when you're on the path and the, the birds are eating you up, you feel that you're being consumed by the things of the world, or you have no root, you're in the rocks and you're feeling choked out by anxiety, or, or you're feeling that you have no root. And so the persecutions that are coming because of God's word are causing you to doubt your faith. God, if you were faithful, why is this happening? Believe me, I have a lot of compassion for that because I asked the same question when I lost everything in my life, physically and emotionally speaking. I get that. Don't stay there. God does his greatest work in the midst of a broken heart. He is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. 
God adores you. Just as Jesus was after me when I was bald and breastless, to remind me that I was not the image in the mirror. He's coming to remind you today of what you are not and what you are. In our recent project called Emotional Intelligence in Christ, and I encourage you to explore that, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, we're about to launch the course that goes with the book. The first step of emotional intelligence in Christ that allows the other three aspects of emotional intelligence to even come alive within us is your personal identity in Christ. It's an encounter with Jesus Christ of Nazareth, encounter with his love that transforms you just as it did Paul, just as it did Peter, Mary Magdalene, Zacchaeus, the woman caught in adultery, all of the encounters that the people had. They have one thing in common. They experienced the love of Jesus in the midst of their struggle, which transformed their life, resurrected a new identity, created a desire to repent. That means turn away, turn away from, from the birds, turn away from the rocks, turn away from the thorns, and lean into Jesus. So after you first identified where you feel that you're falling, or where you feel you're landing right now, whether it be the path, the rocks, the thorns, or the good soil. Understand that, it, that it's all a crisis of faith and understanding. Jesus laid that out uh, in the scriptures before. As I mentioned, he, he then beckons us. If you have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, you will turn and I will heal you. Well, who is I will? Who is I? Who did Jesus say that he was? Part of us tossing our faith blindly into the lap of Christ rests in our understanding and our belief. It truly is a belief that God will provide and that Jesus is who he said he was and he continues to be so. So let's take a look at the Gospel of John. And these, I'm just going to read off these scriptures. And I encourage you to write them down and memorize them because it will help you to remember that who, who you are because of who God is. And this is what we talk about in the Emotional Intelligence in Christ Project, whether it be the book or the course that's about to be launched. This is such a crucial invitation for all of us to remember whose we are, who we are in Christ with Christ because of Jesus' love for us and what he did for us. And to understand, truly understand, well, Jesus, who did you say that you were? Because if I get clear on that, then I'm going to be able to have more confidence in putting my trust and my faith in you. You're upping your, your faith factor when you lean into who Jesus said that he was. That's why I encourage you and invite you to memorize these, these scriptures from the Gospel of John. So the first one, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. I am. I am. Exodus chapter 3. Moses' encounter with Exodus, with, with God in the burning bush. I am who I am. That encounter is Exodus chapter 3 and 4. 
no difference. Jesus is, is the representative on earth, God's son. I am. I am the bread of life. So what is he calling us to in John 6.35? And this will be written, by the way, on the site. I'll put all these scriptures down underneath this podcast at edgegodin.com. Edgegodin.com is our main site. Perhaps you're accessing this through your mobile device. So just visit us there and you'll be able to see the scriptures there. We also have a one sheet to capture your learnings. Some groups have gotten together and taken a podcast or several podcasts and done a six-week study or four-week study using that handout and discussing it in small groups. Feel free to do that as well. That's available at edgegodin.com. I am the bread of life. Come and believe really is the invitation. He who comes to me will never go hungry. So come to Jesus because he says, I am the bread of life. And he's inviting you to come and believe. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. John 6, 35. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So the invitation here is follow. The first one, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. Come to him. Second one is I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Follow him. Come to him. Follow him. Whether you are on the path, rocks, or thorns, come to him. Follow him. I am the gate, John 10, 9. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Enter. So here we have three invitations. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Come. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Follow me. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Enter. The fourth one, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 11, and 14. I am the good shepherd. What's the invitation here? Receive. Receive the good shepherd who lays down his life for you. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Come into the eye of the storm. I am nothing without you. I'm scared. I don't understand. And I've always my whole life felt that I had a sense of power and security in my ability to understand. But in this situation, I don't understand. So come, I receive your, your wisdom, your understanding, which you said in Matthew chapter 13 is essential for being healed. So help me to understand. I receive it. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. John 10, 11, and 14. I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, 25. He who believes in me, even though he, he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Then he asked the question, do you believe this? So I pose that question to you today, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you believe this? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. What's the invitation here? Believe. Believe. Believe in me. You find yourself on the path you don't understand? Believe. You feel yourself hijacked by trouble and persecution on the rocks? Believe. You're anxious and worried? 
deceitfulness of wealth is choking, choking out your identity? Believe. I am the resurrection of the life. He who believes in me, even though will live, even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. The invitation is to believe that he is the way, because there are many ways out there. And sometimes there is paralysis by analysis, that when we feel that there's so many choices, we don't know what to choose from. Jesus makes it very clear. I am the way. Not over there. Not behind you. Not in, in that area of that shiny object. Do not touch. Do not taste. Come closer. I am the way. Looking for truth? Feeling confused? Not only am I the way, but I am the truth. And I am the life. As St. Augustine said, truth is like a lion. Release it and it will defend itself. Truth is Jesus. When you feel confused in an area of your life, release the presence of Christ in that area. Lord, I'm confused about this and I release your presence because you are truth. And when I turn into truth, I, turn, I tune into understanding. And you said that if I have eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand, I will turn and you will heal me. So give me that grace to believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. John 15, 1 and 5. Remain. Jesus approximately 11 times in John chapter 15 invites us to remain. In him, with him. It's really cool in the springtime because I get to watch my lilac bush grow new shoots. And it's amazing how quickly they grow. And I just kind of watch them because it's right outside my window where my office is. And all of a sudden, life starts to grow from the branch, the vine. And then it blooms and adds a beautiful fragrance. We are the fragrance of Christ's love in the world. How do we produce that beautiful fragrance? Remain, remain, remain. That's his invitation. So when you write these scriptures down, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, truth, and life. I am the vine. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. I know that to be true. As I've shared before, before my double mastectomy, my my very wise and Christian doctor got really close to me and said, hey, I can tell you're a type A personality. And after this experience of going through a double mastectomy and cancer, I'm pretty confident that you'll give yourself permission to linger more in the moment, to be more of a B, so to speak, to downshift and wait upon the Lord. And that, and she was so true. Because after going through that experience, I find myself lingering in the moments to refresh my soul in Christ throughout the day. And perhaps that's the big takeaway for you today. To give yourself permission to downshift, to get out of the hustle, to halt, and to allow yourself to be engulfed by the presence of God's love for you here and now. This is where it's at. Not over there 
not behind you, not to your left, not to your right, right here, right now. This is the invitation where Jesus is inviting you to remember whose you are and who you are. Remember who Jesus is, who Jesus said he was. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. Each one of those invitations is very unique. Come. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Believe. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Follow. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Enter. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Receive. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Receive it. Believe. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Remain in me, and I will remain in, in you. Apart from me, you can bear no good fruit. With me, all things are possible. So, for your earth school practice, go to Edge God Inn, write down these verses on a note card and lean into them and make them your prayer. Perhaps you'll take the first one, John 6, 35. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. Perhaps you will take, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Either way, make it a prayer. Hold on to it, kind of like a, uh, a Werther, where you suck on a Werther's, they, they kind of taste like caramel, and you slowly suck on it and enjoy it for, for quite some time, slowly savoring it. Slowly savor these scriptures and invite the Holy Spirit, make them, make them a prayer. Dear God, you are my way, you are my truth, you are my life. Show me where to go what to say, how to say it. I want to follow you today, not my ego, not the voices of those people that I feel like I need their approval to know that I'm okay. I want to follow you. So make this verse a reality. This could literally be a seven-week study for you, just taking one of these verses a week and really leaning into it, remembering who Jesus said he was, and then how that reflects on you. Let's just take one verse. I am the vine. You are the branch. Whoever remains in me will bear much fruit. How does that directly impact you? Well, if I truly believe that Jesus is the vine, that I can produce no good fruit apart from him, then the ramification of that is a curiosity and an interest and a determination to remain in him. And when I stumble and trip and forget whose I am, a child of God, brought with a price, the price of Jesus' blood, sanctified, redeemed, loved unconditionally. When I forget that, then I fall into the drug of approval. Then I fall on the path, the rocks, and the thorns of the parable of the sower. Now, I want to be on the good soil. 
So let's draw near today and make these make these verses our prayer. Now, are there other verses where Jesus declares who he is? Absolutely. Revelations 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He who was and is and is to come. Revelations 1.18, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. Revelations 3.12, I am coming soon. Behold, here I am. I stand at the door of your heart and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Here I am. He also said in Luke to the woman at the well, actually, she was the first one to experience uh, him declaring his identity in the gospel of Luke. When he said, um, she said, are you the son of God? Basically she was, she was saying, Hey, I know the Messiah is coming. And then she says, are you the son of God? And she said, and, and um, she was kind of questioning him in, in, in the words that she was posing. And Jesus says, you are right in saying I am. He declares it. John 4, 26, I am, and this is, this is his response. John, John 4, 26, I, who am speaking to you, am he. That's the, 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 the Samaritan woman. I'm sorry, I got the verses wrong on that. John 4, 26, that's the Samaritan woman. I, who am speaking to you, am he. That's when the, the woman at the well said, hey, I know the Messiah is supposed to come. And then Jesus says, hey, I, who's speaking to you, am he. Also in Luke twenty two seventy, 70, before the council and the elders and the high priest, they ask him flat out, are you the son of God? You're right. You are right in saying, I am. So people saw all kinds of signs that Jesus was doing, and some of them believed, some of them didn't. There's a powerful verse in John chapter 2, 24 through 25. It says, Jesus would not entrust himself to man. When you find yourself on the soil, on the path, the rocks or the thorns. It's simply because you are entrusting yourself to the exterior world. Come back. Invite Jesus to sit on the throne of wherever you are at today and ask him to move you to the good soil. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Sow those seeds by the grace of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the identity of Christ within you, into the good soil. How do we know that you're in the good soil? Because you're hearing the voice of God, studying his scripture, you're understanding it by the power of the Holy Spirit within in you, and you believe. You hear, you understand, and you believe. You turn, and Jesus heals you. This is part of the understanding. In Matthew chapter 13. So lean into Matthew chapter 13, read through it slowly, and write down the scriptures where Jesus declares who he is. Make those your prayer and ask the Holy Spirit, show me who I am in light of who you are. Show me who I am, Lord, in light of who you say you are. Who am I in you and through you and with you? Dear God, we give you permission to override us.
when we stumble out and fall on the path and we don't understand because we're giving more authority to the voices around us than to your voice. Give us the grace to be aware of when we have a shallow root because we're hijacked by trouble and persecution. Help us to step away from power, possessions, and positions. So when we find ourselves in the thorns of all of those areas and the deceitfulness of wealth, that we would not fall away, but stand firm for you. We desire to remain, remain, remain. You are our way, our truth, and our life. You are the bread of life. We choose to come to you and follow you. You are the light of the world. Help us to walk in your light and to step out of the shadows. You are the gate. Give us the strength to enter through you today. More today than yesterday, we desire to be saved by you. You are our good shepherd. Thank you for laying down your life for us. You are the resurrection and the life. Give us the grace to believe. We do believe, Lord. Help our unbelief. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to you, Lord, except through your son. We come to you today. Help us to remain in you. You are the vine. Give us the grace to remain in you so our identity doesn't rise and fall depending upon what's going on outside of us, but remains anchored, Lord, so that we are so determined to be your ambassador that we're not even distracted by any of the noise around us, but we are here now. And in this place, we experience your holiness and your love. Not to the right, not to the left, but here now. Reveal to our hearts, remind our mind of what our spirit always knows, our soul, our connection to you always knows that we lack nothing with you. We've wandered and we choose to come back today and begin again. Thank you, God, for loving us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Give them heaven out there. Lean into this Bible study, this, this, this podcast today. This is a true study of Matthew chapter 13. and the gospel of John, where Jesus declares who he was, therefore who you are, because we have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ of Nazareth from the grave. Once you've anchored your identity in Christ, then the fruits of the spirit come alive, which is the second phase of emotional intelligence in Christ. So visit us at edgegodin.com. Again, you will see the scriptures for today's podcast listed under today's podcast, the title of the podcast is Who Did Jesus Say He Was? Visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. And also check out leadlikejesus.com. That's another very, very powerful ministry out there that has a lot of resources to champion your leadership potential in Christ. Enjoy your gift of life out there and give them heaven. There's enough of the dark side going on.